0: same-sex marriage and gay clergy in mainstream Protestant churches. No global warming in over eight years. World government to stop world war. America's cashless future. The dictionary's LGBTQ update. World War III and a Middle East peace. All prophetic and dominating the headlines. And we'll discuss these and other topics on this edition of the end time show well everybody welcome back I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on the End Time Show. And I want to let you know that this coming weekend, I'll be in right here in Garland, Texas, about probably six or eight miles from our End Time headquarters. And I'll be doing my first Prophecy Conference of the Year. I'll be at North City's UPC, 502 Beltline Road. And that this coming Saturday, January 14th at 6 p.m., I'm going to be going through the Understanding the End Time review, and we'll be going through some different proofs and things you need to know uh, because we're going back to our roots. We're going back to the foundation, and there's so many new listeners. We've got to make sure you understand these things. You can't really understand what's going on in the world unless you understand Saturday night's lesson. Sunday morning, I'll be preaching twice at the church, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and then Sunday evening... I'll be doing prophecy that's January 15th at 6 p.m. I'll be doing breaking prophecy news uh, I've got several articles that I haven't went over on the radio we will be doing those Sunday night over here at the church so uh, if you need more information again I'll be preaching from 9 a, at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Sunday morning as well If you've never heard me preach hey show up for that uh, I preached a little bit on the radio but not probably not like I will on Sunday morning so I uh, look forward to seeing you guys this weekend here in Garland, Texas. Also, uh, our Israel tour coming up May 17th uh, through the 28th. I know that we've got 50 plus signed up for that. We'll probably only take 100, and that's going to fill up very quick. So want to make sure, well, I, sh- I should say the last time I heard, we had just over 50 signed up. I don't know how many we have now, so need to get a report from that from my wife, but Israel tour coming up very quickly. If you're going to put in for your vacations, you want to go, call and sign up. I know we've got a lot of people interested right now, and that will fill up very quickly. So you want to make sure you get in on that because tourism is exploding in Israel right now. People are coming out of the pandemic, a lot of countries, a lot of countries going back, a lot of Asian countries, European countries. And so uh, we have some flights and we have some rooms and different things reserved but if you don't get on early on those things, it gets harder and harder to do that. So, uh, call my wife Jana or call uh, Brittany Motes. Get in on that. Or you can go to the End Time website. Now, a lot of things going on in the news today. And I'm just going to do- give you like a rapid-fire prophecy update today because so many topics, I, can't, I don't want to spend all day on just one topic. So let's dive right off into this today. Let's start with World War III. Obviously, Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21 talks about a world war that will emanate out of the Middle East region, the Euphrates River region. And the Bible says it's housed in, the Euphrates housed in Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. One third of the world's population is going to be destroyed as a result of this and a 200 million man army will participate in this war. We know that from the prophecies of the Bible. And so... I, yes, I, did, I have watched the Ukraine-Russian situation. I've watched uh, China and Taiwan. But one of the things I watch very, very closely is Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. We have a new, There's a new government in Israel. I say we because I'm in Israel a lot, and I, I'm very uh, heavily involved in Israeli... Um, what's going on in Israel in the end time. But Israel has a new government. Netanyahu's now the prime minister again, and... He is, you kind of, we kind of knew what we were going to get with Netanyahu, but his government is very right-wing. So they are making huge efforts to go in and maybe expand the uh, Jewish settlements out in the West Bank, and they are making moves on the Temple Mount to make sure that um, there are no Palestinian uprisings, and uh, Ben-Gavir, Itmar Ben-Gavir, I think his name is, He's over the police now, even the ones that are up on the Temple Mount. And so there are things happening. It's the most right-wing religious government Israel has ever had since 1948. Well, I knew, I kinda know what we were gonna get with Netanyahu coming into office. Because he is very, uh, obviously he's pro-Israel, he's anti, he said he's two-state solution, but he really wants to annex the West Bank. That's what he would like to do. However, I'm also watching what's going on with Israel, or with Iran. The Jerusalem Post reported that Netanyahu has set red lines for Iran on Israel's northern border. Imagine if we had Iran, the number one state sponsor of terrorism, saying that they, were going to, uh, they wanted to annihilate the United States and they had terrorist proxies in Canada. Just imagine that. Let's put ourselves in Israel's shoes, in Netanyahu's shoes. Well, that's what's going on with Israel in Syria. Uh, Iran has terrorist proxies there, and they've been bringing in bombs, and they've been bringing in missiles and different things, and um, unmanned aerial vehicles, these drones, uh, which they have been pushing with uh, Russia and the Ukrainian situation. So... Um, I've been watching what's going on with Iran now, right now with Netanyahu. Well, this article states that the main enemy, Netanyahu has said, the main enemy that we face is the terrorist regime in Iran and its entrenchment in Syria and even in Lebanon. He said, we are determined to fight Iran's attempts to develop a nuclear arsenal, that's number one, and any attempt by Iran to establish a base against us on our northern military border in Syria. What he'd really like to do is just go in and annihilate all of their nuclear aspirations because they want to destroy Israel, you understand. He says, we are determined to fight all attempts by Hezbollah to show aggression against us from Lebanon, just, in, just north, just like the United States and Canada. And he says, and we will remind those who need reminded of our red lines in this matter. Make no mistake, Netanyahu is not a Joe Biden to go in and pull us out of Afghanistan and just all this other crazy nonsense. That's not Netanyahu. Netanyahu is, you're talking about an individual that's very pro-Israel, and he will make sure Israel is protected. And the article actually said, and I'm quoting, he has spoken, Netanyahu has spoken about Iran almost every day since he was sworn into office a couple weeks ago. This is very important when we understand the Bible prophesies a war in the Middle East that will come out of the Middle East region that will spark into a World War III situation. I'm sitting here looking at, I followed up Irvin Baxter before me. We watched Iran in this World War III scenario and so I want to keep you up to date on what's really going on in the world today. Because Netanyahu, he says, hey, our number one thing is Iran and their nuclear aspirations. We have red lines. They're not going to cross these red lines and they've been working with the United States through CENTCOM in the Middle East, and they've been working with military drills and things for a possible bombing, an Iran bombing run. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. So, I told everybody... I told you guys in the beginning that I'm going to be hitting just a topic after topic here because I've got so many articles, there's no way I'll get through it today. So let's go to the next one. The establishment of an end-time socialistic kingdom of the Antichrist. The Bible prophesies that the Antichrist will have a socialistic kingdom, a world government, in the end time. Now I could spend just days on this topic. There's so much going on right now with the world economic forum and all these different things. CBDCs and all kinds of different things to push a socialistic, a tyrannical socialistic takeover of the world. It's been happening for decades now, even here in the United States. Actually, for over a hundred years now. The Communist Party USA has been here since 1919. Been pushing communism here in the United States. Now, in light of that, I know that many of these communist or politicians with communist socialistic influences have been groomed to hold positions in the government and that's what happened with a Nancy Pelosi, uh, a Chuck Schumer, a, a Adam Schiff and all these other people. So when we had this the, the 15 vote, um, a lot of people seen that as just complete craziness in the House All the Democrats were saying, "God, this is just nuts, right?" Well, was it really? What really happened? Well, the CNS News they published an article: Why the Kevin McCarthy conflict was worth it. After uh, you guys remember what happened after Kevin McCarthy was elected House Speaker in that fifteen, the fifteenth floor vote, Democrats called that event. It was they said it was a disaster. It was embarrassing. But was it? Was, Was it really worth it? That's the question. What did Republican holdouts and the American people, did they get anything out of that? I don't care what it looked like. I don't care if it took 100 votes. If we got something out of it, it was well worth it, wasn't it? Well, what did they get? Well, they got a pause for 72 hours before a bill can be brought before the House floor. Now, if you consider that many laws contain hundreds of even thousands of pages, and that seems like a a reasonable request, right? That, hey, you've got at least 72 hours now to read the thing instead of giving it to them the night before and saying, tomorrow morning we're having a vote. The former Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, she famously said, well, we have to pass the bill so that you can find out what is in it. That's the way it has been being ran for many years now. And of course, she was uh, referring to the Affordable Care Act or or Obamacare, and that never made much sense, did it? And Republicans, they are right to forbid such an some kind of this insane policy. Well, that changed with these 15 votes the other day that they went through this process. Also, they now have a vote on term limits. They now have a vote on a resolution that balances the budget in 10 years. Also, no increase of the debt limit without spending cuts. Nobody paid any attention to this stuff before, right? Just Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, and they just hammering this stuff through. And also, if there was a rhino sitting in that position, a Republican in name only, things were just going along as normal, right? And the American people were suffering. Well, this is changing. They're going to um, now end emergency funding along with COVID funding mandates, and another thing. This is very important. Single subject bills. What has been happening is they have been rolling everything into one bill, and it was a, that's a ticket to poor governance. Like, hey, we'll have this military spending bill, but we'll, we'll put funding for a climate change provision that's going to help redistribute the wealth of America to someplace overseas. We'll put that in a military spending bill or something like that. Just a for instance. And they would get all kinds of things packed in there. There's no reason, there's no sound reason, to hide non-related elements into one measure. And th- this is how U.S. taxpayers have ended up paying for like a couple million dollars for things like Ethiopian shoes because they would roll hundreds of things into a bill that was for like military spending or something like that. Well, nobody's gonna, Congress is not going to turn down a military spending bill, but when you've got all these other things in there and then you don't read the bill, all kinds of things were passed and guess who was paying for all of that? You and me. So was these, this 15 vote um, event that happened and that McCarthy finally got in, but he had, to, he had to capitulate a lot to Matt Getz and a lot of other uh, of the Republicans that were the holdouts, I think it was well worth it, don't you? Didn't get everything they wanted, but they got a lot. In addition, the Freedom Caucus requested um, subject-specific items like a border plan for Texas, as well as a committee that will examine FBI activities aimed against Americans. And to put the cherry on the top and to hold Kevin McCarthy's feet to the fire, the loyal opposition within the Republican Party also won the right to a motion that allows for just one member of the House to call for a Speaker's removal should he not keep up his end of the bargain. That would have never happened to a Nancy Pelosi. But that's where McCarthy sits today. Okay? And, you know, so hey, Think about this. Despite the ridicule from the Democrats and others on the left who call the Freedom Caucuses just a bunch of crazies or these hard-fought compromises by which the new speaker must abide are more than worth the time it took to vote in the 15 ballots, wasn't it? I'm happy they did that. I I hope everything goes as planned at this point. Now, the reason I say this is because from a Biblical prophetic view. Everything's going to go back to the Bible. That's why I made up my mind. All the programs I do from now on I'm going to have my Bible laying right here on the desk with me. Because everything is going to be based on the Bible. We've done this for decades now. But I want to make sure there's no questions. Everything goes back to the Bible. From a biblical prophetic view, these folks stood up against the swamp, the establishment, the deep state, and the socialistic overthrow of America. The Bible prophesies there's going to be a global socialistic overthrow and that the Antichrist will eventually usurp authority over a world-governing body. But we do not want socialism in America. I believe that America will stand against the world government with Israel all the way throughout the end time. And really, this socialistic overthrow of America, that's the big goal here with what has been going on with a Nancy Pelosi, a Chuck Schumer, an Adam Schiff, and all these others that have been had communistic or socialistic influence, keeping them in office for decades, pushing their agendas. And hopefully with this 15 uh, vote um, event that happened last week, maybe we'll stem the tide here a little bit. And you know, I'm not looking for government to my answer. I know that. I have my hands in Jesus Christ's hands and I'm keeping him first in my life and seeking his kingdom. But it's still pretty nice to see something like this happen every once in a while. You know, anything we can do to stem the tide of this socialistic overthrow of America is certainly worth the effort, isn't it? Next subject. The the prophesied increase in homosexual activity and really every sexually perverted desire in the end time. Yes, it's prophesied. You say, well, homosexual activity and all these sexual perverse desires. The people of Sodom and Gomorrah disregarded God's definition of a moral lifestyle by yielding to every sexually perverted desire. If you look back in Jude, I think chapter one, about uh, Jude chapter one, verse seven. I I, I can quote. Um, I'll quote the New Living Translation version. It says, and don't uh, forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. Those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. Okay? Now, obviously the most prominent of these would have been homosexuality because of the angels and the men that came and wanted to know them in different things. But, prophetically speaking, Luke 17, 29-30, the Bible says, But the same day that Lot went up out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone in heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So, in the beginning, there's not even a, a, a question here in my mind. God created two genders, male and female. Genesis 1.27, the Bible says, So God created man in His own image, in the image of God created He, Him. The Bible even used the correct pronouns, didn't it? Him. Male and female created He, them. So God created two genders, a male and a female. And then, in Genesis chapter 2, God defines a godly, successful marriage. A God definition. Genesis two twenty-four. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, a female, and they shall be one flesh. That is a God-ordained God-defined marriage, period. Now, it doesn't say 6,000 years later, mankind can change that and everything will be okay. doesn't say that. does not say that. Okay? So, we're going to go with the biblical definition. God created a man and a woman. God said, let a man and a woman marry. That's success. What happens when you move away from, from the Bible. There are no guidelines. There are no, there's no moral compass, right? What do you set your moral compass to? Uh, there's no Bible. I, I can do whatever I want. That's what happens. And it gets to the point, now remember, prophesied in the end time that, they, that it would be like Sodom and Gomorrah, when, in the days that lot come up out of Sodom and Gomorrah, every perverse sexual desire, and the main one being same-sex relationships. What do you get when you move away from the Bible? Well, the AP News, they reported back in June of 2022 that trans kids, a boy thinking he's a girl, a girl thinking she's a boy and transitioning to that, their treatment can start younger. This is from the AP News. Their treatment can start younger under new guidelines. I'm going to quote here. They said, a leading transgender health association has lowered its recommended minimum age for starting gender transition treatment including sex hormones and and surgeries, and that the World Professional Association for Transgender Health said that hormones could be started at age, get this, 14, two years earlier than the group's previous advice, and some surgeries done at age 15 or 17, a year or so earlier than previous guidance. The group acknowledged potential risks but said that it is unethical and harmful to withhold early treatment." Now, folks, all of us, unless you're 13 and down, but all of us have been 14 years old at one point, right? Could you determine at that point, did you have the wherewithal to determine, I'm a boy or I'm a girl, and I want to transition into that. Mom and Dad, please give me hormones to transition me. Come on, everybody but when you move away from the Bible and you move away from the moral compass the Bible gives us and these principles and God's definition of everything that's just whatever you feel like right it doesn't make it right but that's what happens no moral compass I do whatever I want the Bible says it'll be like that when the Son of Man comes just as it was in the days of Lot so now what do we have we've got boys that are participating in girls sports and there are college programs and people in in supposed to be educated individuals that are advocating for this that boy has a right to participate in this girls track team and to wrestle and to b- b- basketball teams and swim teams and to change in their locker rooms with the girls after the sporting event that's what happens when you move off of the Bible folks You have a Supreme Court judge who cannot define a woman. You have folks who believe men can become pregnant. We have male prisoners. There's articles on all of this. There are male prisoners, men, who claim to be a woman being transferred to women's prisons and then folks are shocked, the prison, the the warden and everybody is shocked when some of the female prisoners become uh, uh, pregnant by a male prisoner who said he was a female who was transferred to the woman's prison and then he starts getting women pregnant and they're shocked out of their mind. How did this happen? The guy's a man. That's how it happened. Somebody's gotta say this stuff. This is what it's gonna be like just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so this mindset, folks, over the last several years has moved even into mainstream Protestant churches where people are ordaining these same sex relationships as pastors and people in leadership in Protestant churches. And we'll talk about that more on the other side of the break. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation: The Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Part Two, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools available for $299 will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call one 800 time or go to endtime.com.
1: Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
0: If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the Watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the Archive button. Welcome back, everybody. And before I get into this next segment here, I'm going to go through one more little segment about this topic. I want everybody to know that everyone here at End Time Ministries, if you're in these types of relationships, uh, I, we love you. We want to help you. and You don't think you may need help, but... I'm not talking about this to bash anybody or because we hate people or that i'm I'm a, you know, transphobic or any of this other stuff. That's not why we do this. We do this because the Bible says it's going to be like this, and I'm really talking against the mindset of this in our media and different people around the world that would try to promote and advocate for, that this is an okay lifestyle in society, it's okay to live like that, and everybody's gonna be all right, even to the point where churches are advocating for this and preaching that it's okay. The Bible, that's just an old wives' tale, it's a bunch of fairy tales, it's a myth, it's outdated, we don't need to pay any attention to it, Uh, and we're going with a new revised uh, set of standards and a new revised moral compass, and a new revised position on religion. That's really what I'm coming against today. The Bible says it will be like it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, like when Lot come up out of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's going to be like that in the days of the end, just when the Son of Man is revealed. We're there. I never thought I'd see this in America, but wow, wow, wow. Are we there? So in, coming into mainstream churches, the weak. It's a news source. They published an article, The Breakup of the United Methodist Church. By the end of 2023, the United Methodist Church will be significantly less united, torn asunder by a host of issues, but mostly over how to address same-sex marriage and gay clergy. Now, in in a Christian church, this really shouldn't even be a conversation because of what the Bible says. Again, we're always going back to the Bible. I love having this on my desk with me. This is my old Bible, and I mean, it's, I love it. Because it's not really what Dave Robbins thinks or any other religious leader or minister thinks. What matters is, is what does this book say? That's the most important. And so when we're talking about this, the, the breakup of the mess of this church, but that's not all. We'll get to more in a moment. But there are, the schism over this, in the LGBTQ, or in the Methodist Church, the schism over this LGBTQ issues is a well-trodden path for mainline Protestant denominations. And the the United Methodist Church has taken some lessons from the Episcopalians, the Presbyterians, and the Lutherans. So, what's happening with the United Methodist Church? Well, the United Methodists have... um, been more or less civilly. You, you might be out there saying, well, I, hey, I'm a Methodist and I don't agree with this. I understand. This is happening in the general boards and different things. But think about this. I know you've had to have heard about it. United Methodists have been more or less civilly disagreeing about gay rights since back in the 70s. But the issue came to a head a couple, two or three years ago, back in what, uh, 2019, maybe four or five years ago, at the, a United Methodist Church General Conference, the theologically conservative camp aided by socially conservative United Methodists from Africa outflanked the moderates and the liberals and pushed through a resolution affirming existing United Methodist Church bans on same-sex weddings and the ordination of self-avowed practicing homosexuals as clergy. The General Conference also approved a new church law paragraph uh, 2553 five, of the Book of Discipline, which is what they go by, offering a United Methodist Church, uh, a path out of the United Methodist Church with their uh, church buildings and property if they didn't agree with some of these um, LGBTQ decisions that were being made, let's say. If they, uh, and they could offer them a way out if they got approval from two-thirds of their congregation, they sign off from their regional governing body, and they pay their fair share of clergy pension liabilities and two-year apportionments for the larger denomination. And that temporary exit strategy expires at the end of this year. Okay, So what happened? Many churches, of the United Methodist Church, churches are, many of them are heading for the exit. You say, well how big is the schism? Well, the full extent obviously isn't going to be known until the end of this year. Because that's when this expires but between 2019 and December uh, just a mo- uh, less than a month ago just over 2,000 Methodist churches successfully disaffiliated from the United Methodist Church mostly down here in the South. What happened in the other mainline Protestant churches? Well the Episcopalians, the Lutherans, the, Protest- uh, the uh, Presbyterians they also lost churches over these LGBTQ issues now, these are supposedly Christian churches, right? But in each case, the more theologically conservative church broke away from the main denomination. And uh, Heather Hahn, she explained that a, um, at the UM News at the, 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 and the main denominations have since expanded their embrace of gay and lesbian members. So what do we see here? We, it's, it's moved from talking about in the news and different things to now you see mainstream Protestant churches having to separate the conservative or Santa Juan. We, we, the Bible doesn't even condone this. And they're moving away. The Bible says, when, well, I know that when you move away from the Bible and God's definition of things, how do you set your moral compass? What do you, how do you lead uh, a, a right relationship? How, how do you have one? How do you have a successful relationship in God's eyes? When when we perform a marriage, we do it as a contract between you, your wife, and God. And you you can't, you don't, you don't just break a, a contract on a whim. Doesn't work like that. Not in God's eyes. So it's very important that we understand this is, and I, and I the Last couple I married, I told him, I said, this is very, very important. you got people getting divorced over just, uh, you know, he don't fold the towels right or something like that. But no, no, when you get married, that is a contract, and you need to make sure before you enter into this contract, you understand how important it is. Because in God's, eye, in God's eyes, to whom God joins together, let no man put asunder. That means you two standing before me today. Okay, now, I'm not preaching on marriage, I'm just saying that you understand, this is very, very important. God said, let a man leave his mother and father, you go join to your wife, and you guys have a successful life. So, that's where we're at. Maybe we'll do a marriage ceremony on here, a marriage uh, um, retreat on here one of these days, I don't know. I doubt it. Okay, let's move on. Next subject. Well, let me stay on this subject just for a little bit longer, because something else is happening this is from Mashable, a news source. The world's largest English dictionary got an LGBTQ update last year. The Oxford English Dictionary, they've got to uh, bow down to the edicts of society, right? So, which it's just a very fraction of society that's in these lifestyles, but they've got a loud voice because they've got Hollywood and all these other stuff. The major media news sources, they're preaching this and pushing this. Uh, lifestyle. So, the Oxford English Dictionary, and last year, they added a total of 18 new LGBTQ-related words. In the March 2022 update of the Oxford English Dictionary, they introduced select entries addressing uh, contemporary themes and relevant big issue topics. The words included common vernacular in climate change, in a climate change discourse such as decarbonize because now we've got climate change. So we've got to add some words in the dictionary to make sure everybody believes and aligns up to this stuff. So we got decarbonize. We've got critical race theory now in the Oxford dictionary. The dictionary also added several new LGBTQ related terms including gender affirming, demisexual, gender expression, gender presentation, and their site even added more cultural slang terms like the LGBTQ uh, definitions of top and bottom and the acronym LGBTQ itself. In addition, the reference site introduced specific English terms relevant to the indigenous um, perception of gender and sexuality like brother boy, that's now in there, think about that, and sister boy, or I'm sorry, sister girl. Sister boy will be in there next, probably. These are two new entries referring to gender presentation and identity. It's now in the world's largest dictionary, folks. That's what happens when you move off of the Bible and start trying to take matters into your own hands. Oh, yeah, you want to be a male prisoner and you want to go spend time in a woman's prison? Just say you're a woman. We'll allow you to go into a woman's prison and then they wonder why women start getting pregnant. Come on, folks! But the Bible says it's going to be like this kind of messed up stuff just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Let's get off of that and get on to another subject, okay? Revelation 13, 1 and 2, world government. The Bible prophesies a federalized world government in the end time that will be led by the Antichrist. And he will have a message of deception, of propaganda, when he comes on. You can't teach the truth. The Bible says, you shall know the truth, the truth will set you free. The truth sheds light on things that people want dark. And so people want to do behind the scenes. They don't want light to be shed on that. So we don't want the truth. We're, we're, teaching, we're spreading lies. But when, if, if everybody just knew the truth about every situation that stuff would go away. And if we knew the truth about what these, in the, that what were in um, Joe Biden's documents that were found in the Penn Biden Center, even, no, to find that out, hey, are they going to raid his house, do you think? No, come on. Now, they have no problem raiding President Trump's in Mar-a-Lago. But oh, no, 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 we're gonna sweep this under the rug as fast as we can. It's not gonna be in the news anywhere. Because, hey, he's one of us. He's part of the deep state, the establishment, this world government. He's a globalist. The Penn-Biden Center is all about protecting and advocating for a world governing body. That's what the Penn-Biden Center is all about. New World Order. Liberal International Order. Go to the Penn-Biden Center right now and check it out. Well, that's where these these classified documents that he had were stashed and he had them there while he was vice-president. A president is allowed to declassify documents, but not a vice-president. So what's really going on here? Well, there's a world government being established, folks. Joe Biden's a globalist. He believes in a world government. This is all prophesied in the Bible. And I wanted to come at it from a certain angle today, from something that you are having preached to you like a doctrine almost they actually would like to create a world religion out of it. if you've seen cop 27 and them having going up on mount sinai and breaking these climate tablets and all these other things but it's united nations propaganda and we're talking about global warming and climate change i'm going to go i'm going to prove to you some things on the other side of the break that you need to know Because it it shouldn't become the norm or something that we just accept. We need to question science. Science is never settled. But when somebody tells you science is settled, that's when you really need to question what they're talking about. So we'll talk about it on the other side of the break so you're not deceived.
2: I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room.
0: According to the New York Post, on June 9th, 2021, Joe Biden arrived in Europe to rally the U.S. allies against Russian hackers uh, and Chinese secrecy on COVID-19's origins. And President Biden said that the Pentagon told him that global warming is the greatest threat facing America. Now think about this. Global warming. Biden said the conversation happened shortly after he became vice president back in 2009 and that he believes it. It's the greatest threat to America that there is. Forget uh, nuclear war and all these other different things. Global warming. Biden told the U.S. troops at that time in, uh, he was in England, shortly after landing for his first foreign trip as president, he said, when I first was elected vice president with President Obama, the military sat us down to let us know what the greatest threats facing America were. He said, this is not a joke. You know, and I'm quoting here, this is not a joke, Joe Biden. You know what the Joint Chiefs told us the greatest threat facing America was? Global warming. Because there will be significant population movements, fights over land. Millions of people leaving places because they're literally sinking below the sea. Has any of that happened? He said in Indonesia, it's always got to be some far away place because remember President Obama bought a, an oceanside property. So can't be there but in Indonesia. And he said because, and I'm still quoting, because the fights over what is arable or uh, let's say farmable land or usable land uh, there's going to be so much so many fights over that that hey we you know it's just it's the it's the worst thing that's happening to america right now right joe biden says he believes that global warming this existential threat well is that propaganda do you believe that you know of all for the last what several decades 40 50 60 years so many of these climate catastrophe predictions these prophecies if you will, nothing has ever happened. The earth has been heating up and cooling down since day one when God created it. God has a way of using the oceans and the atmosphere and everything to absorb heat or to to heat up after a cooling period. It's been happening since God created it and the Bible says it will happen Heating and cooling and spring, summer and fall and all the different planting and harvesting, it's going to happen as long as the earth exists, the Bible says. Now, so am I worried about global warming? No. Have I ever been? No. Because I know who controls it all. But the Summit News said this, no global warming for the last eight years and four months. The latest data shows that globally the temperature has remained flat now for the last 100 months. So where's all this global warming they're talking about? I live in Dallas, Texas, and it was just 9 degrees here just prior to Christmas. 9 degrees with the wind chill I think was down minus 6. So where's all the global warming? Well, they say global warming is actually what's causing these polar vortexes. Now, I've actually read articles where guys tried to prove that, and I still don't believe it. But from this article that global warming hasn't happened for 100 months, the United Kingdom may have had its warmest year on record in 2022, at least according to the Met Office's frequently adjusted data. Get that? Frequently adjusted. But globally, the temperature has remained flat for the last 100 months, all the way back to 2014. Flat, folks the cold weather on both sides of the Atlantic last month seems to have had its effect on temperature which fell sharply compared with November lengthening this new pause to eight years and four months as measured by the satellites designed and built and operated by Dr. Roy Spencer and Dr. John Christie at the University of Alabama in Huntsville. The full full 45-year UAH data set from December 1978 to December 2022 is showing a far from dramatic global warming trend, equivalent to just 0.134 Celsius per decade. So where's all, this, where's all this global warming President Biden's talking about? That, hey, it's this existential threat to America, the greatest threat that we face. That I can name off a list of threats that are a lot bigger than global warming. Also the article states with carbon dioxide emissions. Now think about it. You're being told that, hey, CO2, all these emissions that all these gas-guzzling uh, SUVs are putting out in these coal-fired power plants, we've got, according to Joe Biden, we've got to move off of oil and the gas industry, right? And these attacks on gas stoves, have you read about that lately? It's because of these carbon emissions. But think about this. The article states, and I'm quoting, with carbon dioxide emissions climbing ever higher, supposedly you're being told in the media that these carbon emissions are causing the warming to rise, right? And that we've got to do away with carbon emissions so that way we can we can turn the dial back on this global warming because it's the worst threat that America faces. But this article states that with carbon emissions climbing ever higher, The lack of warming for approaching a decade does not exactly instill confidence in the models that claim CO2 is the climate control knob. That keeps the temperature going up and up. That's because it's not true, folks. It is a false narrative. But some people, because if you preach and preach and preach something long enough, some people just say, you know what, I give up. Maybe global warming is happening. Maybe God is not really in control of the climate anymore. Maybe God has just taken a vacation. Maybe he's just went asleep on the job. Come on you guys. You know better than that. God never sleeps. God never slumbers. God's on the job today just like the day he created the planet Earth and he always will be. He will never ever let us down. So don't ever believe the false narrative of this world government, this propaganda that's coming out from the United Nations. What this is all about is really the redistribution of the of the wealth of the United States of America to supposed underdeveloped nations of the world. It's really for despots around the world to go into their coffers because they're not really saying anything about China, which is the world's largest emitter of carbon emissions. But boy, are they hammering down on the United States. So, we want to make sure you know the truth. All of this, you understand, is prophetic. This is the propaganda that they're using to push world government. The, the, the uh, Part of it is the UN Sustainable Development Goals and the sustainability of the climate and all of these other things. Hey, listen, we're not gonna run out of oil. God knows that I need oil for my truck to get me to work to be on the radio to help you. So God will never let me run out of that. You say, well, is God really that much in charge? You better believe He is. The Bible says God encamps His angels about them that fear Him. God knows my needs so I can minister to you to help get you to heaven. So God's never going to let us run out of gas, out of oil, out of electricity, out of all these things. It's not going to happen. But yet, if you don't pay any attention to God and you think of humanitarian organizations, humanitarian uh, solutions, we don't care about God. I don't care what the Bible says. Who cares about that book, right? That's That's the globalist ideology. All it is is propaganda and lies to get you to buy in, to something that they're pushing to redistribute the wealth of the world. It's the socialistic, tyrannical takeover of this world governing body and we do not want it here in the United States of America. Do you agree? Okay, wow, let's get to another subject. I could stay on that one for a while too. It's it's crazy. I'm in the news and I'm thinking, this is nuts. What they're trying to push. It's all very prophetic. The Bohemian, it's another news source. They've got an article called Go Global! World Governance for No War. Now, I know that the, world, that the World War III will be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist in the end time. On the heels of a future world war, I know that we're going to move into a fully functioning world governing body. And I can, I could tell if I don't have time today, but I could prove that scripturally. World War III is the next thing. I know that on the heels of the last two world wars, what was the answer to the uh, globalist of the world to World War? It's world government, wasn't it? The League of Nations after World War I, the United Nations after World War II. But the world government that they're creating now does not have the teeth that they want, the enforcement methods. So, guess what's coming? They need a big enough crisis. So the, the nations of the world will lay down their sovereignty, yield up their sovereignty, really, to this world-governing body. Guess what's coming? World War III. The Bible predicts it. Revelation 9, 13 through 21. On the heels of that, the, the, most of the nations of the world will yield up their sovereignty. A global state will be created that answers to a world-governing body. This is all Bible prophecy 101. So when I saw this article that says, hey, we need a world government, To stop ever a world war happening again I was very interested wouldn't you be I understand the prophecies of the Bible I know what's going on here the article states Russia's war on Ukraine should be a reminder that violent international conflicts not only persist but constitute a plague upon the world the United Nations cannot stop they are helpless to stop a war right now one popular response to war is isolationism which is designed to keep one's nation out of the conflict just go in isolation. But this policy, uh, i.e., America First in the United States, ignores the suffering of the other people and, of course, does not stop a war elsewhere. So, nonviolent resistance has greater potentiality as an alternative to war or surrender, although its full promise has yet to be realized in coping with international war. So, this article says. As a result, we need legislative bodies to enact laws while police and judicial institutions enforce these laws. Unfortunately, on the global level, this global governing level, these institutions are so rudimentary and limited in power that they fail to produce an effective check on violence. Thus, on the national level, governments can restrain violence by individual mobs and insurrectionists. But on the international level, things proceed much as the way they did in the Wild West of yesteryear. But in short, while nations have established useful governments at the national level, the world lacks effective governments at the international level. They're calling for a world government here. You understand what's going on. And as a result, when nations have international conflict, they're tempted in the absence of the force of law to invoke the law of force. And so it goes on to talk about we need a strengthened global government. Let's give global governance a try to stop war from ever happening again. There are people, their mind is already there, and this is exactly what the Bible says is going to happen. Nations will yield up their sovereignty to this world governing body and the Antichrist will usurp authority over that world governing body and run the world order just prior to and up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. We are watching this happen as we speak in our world right now and many other things. And Doug and Vince and I will continue to report on these things right here on The End Time Show. God bless.